Good morning, everyone. This is 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Galley Girl. I'm in your kitchen with Home Plate. Welcome back to the show. Today I have John Muniz. He is the conceptual chef and ops manager at Guapas Tapas in San Juan Capistrano. John comes from a restaurant family. His parents had Verdugos, you all remember, in South Coast Village, Las Palmas in Santa Ana, among other restaurants. And now they have a beautiful tapas restaurant in a space that formerly housed a movie theater down there in San Juan Cap. I love to say the name. The name is so genius. Guapas Tapas. It's just beautiful. John, welcome to Home Plate. I'm going to bring you on. (laughs) John, welcome to Home Plate. Good morning. Thank you, Kelly. There you are. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. I'm good. Just uh, ready to to seize the day. Yeah, super ready. You've been ready down there. (laughs) You've been seizing the day for quite a while down there at Guapas Tapas now. Yeah, it's it's coming up three years this June. And, uh, you know, sometimes it feels like I've been doing it forever. And sometimes it feels like uh, it just started yesterday, you know. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That's fantastic. Now, you were telling me and I believe this is true. I'm we're I'm up this way a bit and you guys are a little bit insular down, down there in San Juan Capistrano. Um that your that tapas concept there is pretty unique to the area. It is. It's um it's really the first uh tapas restaurant in uh San Juan Capistrano and one of the only uh, even Spanish restaurants in um, South County, um, which is kind of funny to me because of we're only a hundred yards away from uh, the mission That's uh, exactly of San Juan, right. <laughs> and uh, so the, not only was was it appropriate to have a Spanish restaurant right next to a Spanish mission, but uh, it was also something very unique for the town. That's right, and I see that on the the site you show some photos of doing some catering at the Mission, which just seems so appropriate. Yeah, the the Mission is just such a beautiful place. Um, We've done some catering there. We've also um, been a part of uh, the Taste of San Juan down there that they have uh, around October, which is just like such a great event for the town. And, um, I mean, the town in itself sort of, uh, evolves around the mission and uh, the history it has there. Um, it's one of the, the most uh, visited places actually in all of Orange County next to Disneyland. Yeah. So uh, we're very lucky to be in that location. It's fantastic. And I just, my dad, parents, if you haven't taken your kids to the mission, please do. Please take them there before you go to Disneyland. Something that, yeah. It's true. The it's mission is our history. Yeah. Absolutely. It was built the same year the Declaration of Independence was signed. Um, it's just uh, a big part of California history and American history. Yeah, that, um, that Los Rios Historical District that you're right adjacent to there is really incredible. There's so much history. That is the oldest street in California, right? The uh, Los yeah, Rios. Uh, one yeah. of the oldest streets in the West Coast, um, if not the oldest street. Um, and it's it's not just a street, you know, it's a neighborhood. It's a place where people have their businesses. Um, there's, you know, a petting zoo. 
There's a great park where monarch butterflies are released. Um, one of the best um, brunch restaurants, um, the Ramos House is down there, which is also just uh, always rated by Zagat. It's just a cool place. That's right. I've had John Q on the show, and I absolutely love the Ramos House Cafe. And then you are just right there nestled in to part of that movie theater that was sort of boarded up. So, yeah. so re, uh, listeners should know you're right there before the train tracks, before you go over to Ramos House, but right there on Verdugo in San Juan Capistrano. And what a great job you've done in renovation there. You said your dad is your general contractor. Yeah. It's, um, when we first walked into uh, the restaurant, um, it was there was about a an eight inch drop. It was nothing but dirt. There was nothing. I mean, it was just a blank canvas. Um, and uh, I was lucky enough to sort of my my dad, sort of my mentor. He uh, he owned restaurants growing up, and uh, he's sort of my inspiration. Um, and he transits transitioned from owning restaurants into contracting, which was really his first passion. And uh, mm-hmm. So when when I when we found this location, it was obvious we were going to keep it in the family. And, and my dad's just so great at what he does. He really transformed uh, this blank canvas into the restaurant we have today, which uh, has some touches of Spain, has a lot of uh, uh, kind of like old city influence, like Chicago, where you walk in and it's a brick and it's high ceilings. Um, you know, open air docks. It's just kind of got that cool industrial feel as well. It really does. I love the exposed brick and like you say, those high vaulted ceilings and um, just the cool, very open, the open sort of bar area. You have a huge patio, which is lovely. Yeah. Summer coming up. (laughs) Yeah. And we got very lucky. Uh, the, when we first opened, originally there wasn't going to be a patio. Um, but as, as the build-out was coming through, um, we were lucky enough to work with the city of San Juan, and they helped us um, bring in the patio, which was is just almost doubled our space and probably everybody's favorite diving area right next to our fire, there or the fireplace we have inside. It's really cool. And now you say your dad is from Uruguay and right. he um, was in the family. You were always in restaurants all of these years, but he, you said he sat down with you and you had a little talk before kind of you went on the big venture of opening up Guapas Tapas and he had a few things to say about the business. And tell me how that conversation went. Because you had worked in these family restaurants as well all the way through and other restaurants. But you kind of had a, you know, a little, a moment there to talk about restaurants. I I grew up in the restaurant business, but after college, I didn't go directly back into the restaurant business. I was a, I was a teacher for three years. I uh, taught art and uh, Spanish at the high school level. Mm -hmm. And then I got into, um, public relations for an education company and had a, a really fun, comfortable job that I enjoyed. Um, but, you know, it was always lingering in my mind, uh, the idea of opening a restaurant. And I was o- sort of always searching 
or locations, um, kind of creating concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, and when this came up um, and I was ready to go, my old man, he just sat me down and he had, he has, you know, over 20 years of experience in the restaurant business and he knows how tough the restaurant business <laughs> is. It's, it's, it's a rest, it's, it's a business where if you're not a hundred percent into it, if you're not fully in love with what you do, um, it, it can be miserable because yes. it's just, you depend so heavily on the people around you. Um, you know, we also live in the world today where everybody's a critic and, uh, it's uh very any slip up, you know, <laughs> yeah, any slip up can be, um, you very know, public. Right, yeah, it's absolutely. on everybody's blog. It's on Yelp. It's on Open Table reviews. It's it's true, and you uh, know, it's it's just the restaurant business is humbling. There's uh, one of my favorite guys to watch on TV is Anthony Bourdain, and yeah, I, I never too. forget what he says. What he says he said this once. It's uh, if anything is good for pounding humility into you permanently, it's the restaurant business. Oh, so true. Yeah, and, and you know, mm-hmm. I uh, we always joke around. I always joke around with the servers that um, everybody at one point in their life should work at a restaurant and should serve others um, to learn humility to uh, enjoy everything else they do in life. That's exactly right. I I happen to agree, of course, working in a restaurant every day. <laughs> but one of my bosses, and they're very seasoned, um, said one time, okay, because they do everything we do, as I'm sure you do everything your people do, because that's how you run a restaurant successfully. Absolutely. But, um, you know, one of my bosses was running food for the millionth time that day, and he said, you know, and people were being how they are, how how they just are when they don't know, and Right, he said right. to me, "Everyone should have to work in a restaurant. It should be should be almost compulsory, like military services in some exactly countries." Right? Like spend your two years. Just, you know, like, you got to do your two years because then you know, as a as a guest, yeah. you put yourself in the shoes. You know, <laughs> yeah, but absolutely. And, just, and vice versa. I mean, uh, it's also very important as a restaurant to really want to serve people and really want to make people happy. That's you know. Right. Um, if you're not in it for that, um, then it just doesn't work out. Because um, one of the, the things that I enjoy the most, uh, what, what I enjoy the most at in the restaurant is going out and getting feedback from people and really getting to know the customers that come in. Um, many of those people end up uh, coming back and we end up becoming friends. You know, it's awesome because... Um, you know, food just ties everybody together. And uh, I think some of the best moments in your life happen while you're sitting down and eating. You know, uh, some of the best conversations, uh, some of the best laughs, some of the best cries, uh, you know, happen either at dinner or at lunch or, you know, in that moment where you're eating. So, um, you know, a restaurant is a business. It's a people business. And, uh, and the truth is, not only do you have to love to work, but I think you have to love people in a, in a weird sense too, uh, in order to you know have a successful restaurant. It's well well spoken, and let's just say, first of all, yes, restaurants they run on their call parties regulars, 
because the first time people come in, you know, you need them to come back. That's how, how you bit, we build our business. But let's just say that you were no rookie when you started Guapas Tapas because you had worked at your family's restaurants throughout your, you know, your older childhood. You've tended yeah. a bar. You had a gig even when you were at Trinity College playing football. Mm-hmm. You worked at some point at Wrigleyville. I did. I worked bar? in a very, very famous bar called the Cubby Bear. The Cubby um, Bear, it, yes. Yeah, oh, it's literally right across the street from Wrigley Stadium, which is just a magical place. What a blast. Um, yeah, it was just, Chicago's such a great town with the music and the food and the people. Um, it, it really broadened my horizons, not only to um, what wonderful places are in this country, but also what great food, you know, there, there is everywhere. Every state you go to kind of has their own taste. And uh, Chicago is one of those places that if you haven't gone, it's, you have to go just because not only is the food great, but you're in a big city um, with uh, people from the Midwest. So it's, it's like the people are very nice, very helping, very cool. Um, they love their town, and uh, it just shows. It shows through their food, through their uh, establishments, through their music. It's just a great town. Such a lovely experience there. Yes, we love our our good Midwestern stock. Yeah. Just lovely people, and like you said, a lot of spirit, a lot of tradition in the food there. Um, yeah, and when you say, um, yeah, I was no rookie before I started this, and it's true. I mean, I grew up. I did everything from dishwashing to prepping to working the lines to being a server to being a bartender. There hasn't been one position I haven't haven't done. (laughs) You've covered the front of the house and the back of the house. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. I remember being a kid and um, my dad asking me to clean the bathrooms. And my mom was a little bit touchy about that. Like, why would he have to clean the bathrooms? And my dad would say, you know, nothing you learn in life goes to waste. And it's true because even though I'm the operations manager and the owner at the restaurant today, mm-hmm. every once in a while I'm cleaning bathrooms, you know. Like, hey, we got to do what we got to do. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. And those porters work the hardest at the restaurant <laughs> I work in, the ones that do virtually all the dirty work. And yes, I have been a restaurant dishwasher as well, so I, I feel your pain. It <laughs> didn't yeah. last too long, and it wasn't pretty, but I've I've done that as well. Yeah, it really, you know, like you said, like Anthony Bourdain said, it just puts you in a, a place of humility, which is really good for that business, you know? Yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, and you do something for the love of it. Now, tell me... <laughs> Talk to me about some of the favorite tapas that you are doing right now. And I'll tell you some well, of my favorites that you have, too. But I want to hear what you're liking right now or what you're developing and what's new. Well, um, about a week from now, I, I try to do um, seasonal changes. Um, so, you know, the menu changes about four times a year mm-hmm. according to season. Uh, so right now I'm really excited to start working with uh, – more asparagus, um, mm. you know, uh, we're last, this last season we had a pear salad that I'm going to be changing to a uh, spinach and uh, strawberry salad. Um, 
I'm really trying to to incorporate somehow artichoke into the menu. We always do a seasonal uh, vegetable dish, and uh, uh, so we're going to be incorporating zucchini and carrots and, you know, things that spring brings. We always keep our our staples, Mm -hmm. per se, Um, and uh, it's funny. I go through phases sometimes. I'm really into the croquetas, mm. and then I'll change. I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not a creature of habit when it comes to eating. I I love uh, experiencing new flavors all the time, and mm-hmm. so um, you know paellas and uh, croquetas. And, uh, you know I love salads. I love making sandwiches. I love uh, uh, you know our duck breast. There's just so many things, uh, but the the food that I like cooking the most, um, I think mostly because they remind me of my grandmother, are the croquetas, um, oh, the chilito sliders. Uh, those are all things. You know, my parents were in the restaurant business, so they worked a lot. Yeah, um, sounds like and, they still uh, are because I saw them in the restaurant when I was in. Yeah, they're always <laughs> doing something. They kind of just like live to work. You know, they love working. And uh, my parents uh, not, only, not only helped me with the management a lot, they, my dad is really kind of my PR guy. He goes out there while I'm behind in the kitchen, and he talks to everybody, and he's just such a personality. He's, he's really like a, he's like like a mater d', just going touching tables. <laughs> yeah. Kind of what could he, be better? He, he's, uh, I mean, he's, he, I've seen him spend hours at tables, you know, it's like, at the end of their dinner, they almost want to take him home. You know, that's true just, romance right there. Yeah, you, yeah. you know, you love it, and like you said, your mom. You said your mom came up with the name. She did. She came up with Guapa, and uh, uh, it's a very common uh, thing. Kind of in Spain, it's the word Guapa is used a lot. Was it means handsome lady? Yeah, but it's like it's like common. beautiful, yeah. like handsome. Yeah, like que guapa. Yeah, exactly. It's very common to you know between friends to say que guapa or mm-hmm. uh, hola guapa. You know, it's a it's a very common phrase in Spain. And when my mom mentioned the name guapa, guapas, um, I started thinking to myself guapas tapas, and it just rang. You know, it was just like meant to be. The the ring, let me just say this. I, I love tapas and have always gone out for tapas. And I spent a lot of time in Spain as well. But whenever I tell my friends, oh, yeah, you know, w- w- if I don't pronounce it correctly, like in the, mm-hmm. the Spanish way, um, people are like, you what? You went to a topless bar? You know, you went to a topless? <laughs> I was like, no, tapas, not topless. <laughs> and that's why, I, <laughs> that's why I love the word guapas before tapas because yeah, it, it forces helps. pronunciation you say it right and then everybody yeah, knows that you didn't go to the topless bar you went to the tapas bar <laughs> it's so it's so funny that you say that because um, when uh, we were in the construction phase oh, yeah. um, of the restaurant we um, I would go out to buy material and uh-huh. I see where this know, is going <laughs> people would ask like what is the what is this for? And I would say, 
oh, I'm opening up a tapas bar. And they're like, really? (laughs) In what city? And I'm like, San Juan Capistrano. And they're like, they would allow you to open up a topless bar in San Juan. You're like, John, I'm not sure they're zoned for that right next to the mission. Uh, uh, (laughs) It's so funny. And um, right before I opened the restaurant, I was uh, telling a good friend um, who's a professor at... um, Palomar College and actually taught in the high school I taught at, but I was opening up a tapas bar, and this is somebody I knew Fantastic. in my teaching career and just such a good person, and he was like, you know, John, I, I just don't see you opening up that type of business. <laughs> And oh <laughs> I was like, uh, what are you talking about? It's fantastic. We serve ham and cook yeah. croquetas and... But yeah, it's really easy to confuse the two words. So I think the name, incidentally, also helps you pronounce tapas. <laughs> it really does. So guapas tapas. And for those of you just tuning in, listeners, this is Gally Girl. I'm here with Home Plate at 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm speaking with John Muniz. Of course, word's gotten around that he's opening, <laughs> that he's opened a topless bar it's a tapas bar guapas tapas tapar to cover something is in you so appropriately had that on your website that you know tapar the original meaning to cover something up to, they would cover drinks up right in spain so you wouldn't get like a fly in it covered up with a piece of bread with a piece of ham that's one of the stories right behind tapas. yeah there are a couple sort of legends of how this style of eating came to be Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the name tapas definitely comes from the fact that they would bring your uh, a small plate of food on top of your drink. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is historical is that um, there was a, there's a time where um, I can't remember the king, but he had made a rule in Spain uh, that if he were served an alcoholic beverage. Um, the establishment would also have to give you something small to eat to accompany that so that you wouldn't get too intoxicated. I love it. Uh, and uh, Sounds like so common sense. It, it does. It is common sense. And it's funny because a lot of people uh, come in and they're like, the food's free, right? <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, that's not how it works here. <laughs> yeah, not so much. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could give it. But I could, you know, I would be out of business in a week. So, yeah. But yeah, the so when they brought out your drink, they would. Uh, it was just handy, um, even kind of cl- clean, cleaner to bring um, your glass of wine with the small plate covering it, um, and that's where the word tapa comes from. Yeah, that's our tapas history lesson for the day. <laughs> From John, who is a former teacher as well. So that's fantastic. I really like that little educational history page on the site. It's very nice to have. Thank that. you. Yeah, I think yeah. education in all forms is important. So. I, I can see that, yes. Definitely had to tie that in. You had that background as a teacher, a former teacher. It seems like you've done a little bit of everything from playing football to PR to teaching to restaurants. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I, you know, I'm just like, always looking for new things to do and uh, that's why I think the restaurant business suits me because um, you know there is always something to do when you're in a restaurant yeah you're you're always busy for sure 
And now you have your brother in the business as well with you? Yeah, my brother also was sort of in education. He was more, he used to work for the city of Irvine, mm-hmm. um, kind of like their YMCA program. Sure. And uh, about a year and a half, almost two years into the business, um, I, I, you know, I needed some more help with the management. Mm-hmm. And uh, my bro- I brought my brother on a couple days a week, and, you know, he ended up loving it as well. He also grew up in the restaurant business. Yes. Um, and so he left his job and came on full-time with us. So he's there. Uh, he basically gives me a break, and it's nice to have somebody there that you can trust and love and knows, uh-huh. um, you know, knows the business Um Probably not as much, but close to as much as you do, and uh, and that's you know, it's just we have a full family venture there. You know, if if I there's always one person in the family there, which kind of is cool, but at the same time, kind of makes it hard. We can't like all go to dinner together because there's always somebody at the restaurant. But uh, but I think that's what makes us special too is that when you go there, it's either going to be me or my dad, or my mom, or my brother, who you can, you know, talk to and give advice to, or tell, uh, think, or, you know, whatever you want to do while you're there. That's, that's true. And I've had, I've heard restaurants compared to babies, and the restaurant being a baby, you just don't let anyone watch it. It's got to be people you trust. And many times when you're looking for a babysitter, it's someone in the family that you really know love, mm-hmm. trust, and they watch the baby for you. And in this case, the baby is the restaurant, and you have those family members around it, tending yeah, to absolutely. it around the clock, if you will. It's true. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's a, it's a, that's a very true statement you just had, and uh, it is a lot like a baby. You have to be constantly watching it. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, the restaurant business is, you can always, no matter how much you're there, you can always be there more. You know, and there's never enough. There's always something to do. Um, we prep our food every day, fresh for that day. Mm-hmm. So there's constantly work. Uh, you know, there's constantly cleaning. There's constantly maintaining. You have to constantly be creating. You know, um, I really believe that great restaurants. Um, you can go to the restaurant today and have an experience, and come back in six months and have the same or better experience because they're evolving the menu, they're keeping up with trends, they're coming up with new drinks, you know, they're constantly keeping you um, excited for the, for for new stuff, you know. Always something to nibble on, something new and fresh. Well, John, we are drawing down on our time. We just have a minute or two left, so I just want to want to make note of that and say that I really loved, of course, the cauliflower and the Brussels sprouts. Mm-hmm. And I love the board, the charcuterie, ugh, some of Thank the so olives, much. all of those things. Really, really. I mean, who doesn't love a charcuterie board, right? But I it's have to say, I have thing to say, every, everybody loves it. <laughs> yeah, everybody loves that, but not everybody loves like root vegetables and you know, nightshades and cauliflower and Brussels sprouts and those kinds of things. But they are just addictive. Really, really good. So thank you so job much. Thank you. Those things. Yeah, thank you to everybody who's listening, and I, I, you know, anybody who hasn't been there, please come down and uh, feel free to ask for myself or my brother Anthony. My dad, Raul, or my mom, Aida, 
um, you know, we really want everybody who walks in to Guapas to have kind of that experience um, we had growing up eating with my grandma cooking. That's uh, sort of why we do this. Uh, so thank you very much, Thanks. Kelly. And uh, uh, I'd love to see you at the restaurant again. Thank you, John. Thanks for being on Home Plate and take good care down there in San, in San Juan Capistrano. Thank you very much. Everybody have a great day. All right. Bye-bye. And that was John Muniz from Guapas Tapas. Guapas Tapas, Guapas Tapas. I could say all day my favorite restaurant name to date. It is just rolls off the tongue and makes you realize it's not a topless bar. It's a tapas bar with that word guapas in front of it. So really uh, lovely place down there. Joining all the other tapas restaurants that are so hot right now, we have Amar Santana with his vaca, we have Puebla in the OC Mart mix that I've loved. Um, Guapas Tapas is a contender with all those new tapas restaurants that are so great with the small plate tradition. Thank you all for listening in to Home Plate, and we will talk to you next week.